what's widely considered the first ever recorded speculative bubble in economic history, happened to be over this curious commodity, flowers. More specifically, tulips. Tulip mania was a period back in the 17th century during the Dutch Golden Age, a time of great wealth, excess, and global influence for the Dutch Republic, where contract prices for some bulbs of recently introduced fashionable tulips spiked to extraordinarily high levels, some selling for 10 times an entire year's worth of income for a skilled craftsman at the time, all fueled by very wealthy people who were willing to spend insane amounts of money on a single bulb, up until the bubble burst, causing prices to drastically crash and ended up leaving many people in financial ruin. Tulip mania had a devastating impact on the Dutch economy, and as history often rhymes and repeats itself, this event was the first of many economic bubbles to come and go, including the South Sea bubble, Mississippi bubble, railway mania, roaring 20s, dot-com bubble, US housing bubble, and most recently, back in 2017 and 2018, the cryptocurrency bubble, where the price of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies soared to record highs before drastically crashing down. Which if you were here back in 2017 and 2018, Bitcoin and crypto at large in the media was compared to tulip mania from four centuries ago. So what did all of these events have in common? Well, they were all driven by speculation, fueled by human psychology and behavior. Check it out. Economic bubbles form when people experience greed and fear of missing out, and buy into an asset that's rising rapidly in price with the expectation of turning around and selling it for a significant profit, all based on stories they heard from other people's extraordinary gains, which leads to herd mentality, where people decide to follow what other people are doing instead of making their own independent decisions. And as fate would have it, we humans often overestimate our abilities, quality of information, and luck, leading to overconfidence another key driver of speculative investing. So during tulip mania, the value of tulips was based purely on speculation and the belief by many people that prices would continue to rise. Because at the end of the day, there was no intrinsic value of the tulips except for their novelty, aesthetics, and status as a luxury good, therefore conferring social status. Cool. While similar to tulip mania, and it was driven by speculation, hype, and greed, the meme coin mania we've experienced, first a few years ago with Dogecoin, and more recently with Pepe, Good Gensler, and Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic, Tin, Inucoin. Yes, wild. Just a side note, I looked up the source of that one and found a Reddit post from eight years ago describing how it's a knockoff backpack from a black market vendor who most likely didn't understand English, so they just took popular words and trends they saw on English sites and paired it with a popular cartoon animal, and behold, Almost 10 years later, Harry Potter, Obama, Sonic, 10, Inucoin. God bless crypto. Anyways, yes, meme coin mania harbors the speculation, hype, and greed elements of tulip mania. However, meme coins also abstractly represent a social movement among people like us. Crypto investors who feel disenfranchised and dissatisfied with traditional financial systems. So meme coins can actually be viewed as a form of rebellion because they are strongly associated with internet meme culture which is characterized by varying degrees of satire, irony, and anti-establishment sentiment. In addition, cryptocurrencies like meme coins operate on transparent decentralized platforms, which is in direct opposition of centralized financial systems where banks and governments control the monetary system. So there's massive appeal in cryptocurrencies like meme coins, potential to democratize finance by enabling peer-to-peer -peer transactions without the need for a central authority. 
Another key factor to consider is that meme coins often have extremely low price points, where they are fractions of a fraction of a penny, which provides people with opportunities to participate in financial markets who may otherwise not have the funds to qualify for or buy more expensive traditional assets, making meme coins more inclusive, attracting a new community of users. And as we've seen on several occasions over the past few years, this meme coin community often rallies together to drive up prices. This type of behavior and activity also challenges traditional beliefs about financial knowledge and investing practices, which demonstrates the power of collective action. And this, coupled with the strong sense of culture that binds the internet meme community together, is how the Wall Street Bet saga with GameStop came to fruition, that ultimately demonstrated the power of retail investors like us banding together to take on big hedge funds. And stick it to the man. Nice. Contrasting this with tulip mania, the tulip bulbs were not a tool for social change. They had no inherent utility beyond social status and aesthetic appeal. It was driven by speculation of people hoping to make financial gain, not by the desire to challenge the existing financial system. There was no common goal or collective action taken by a community beyond people trying to make a profit. And while tulip mania ended in a dramatic crash, meme coins are still here and their future is uncertain. The rise of meme coins is tied to broader social and technological trends. And although they are highly volatile and experience significant drops over time, against all odds, meme coins continue to exist and, even in some cases, thrive. Hello, I'm Crypto Casey, and having just returned from the Netherlands where I visited the Kuchenhof Tulip Gardens, in this video we explore the similarities and differences between Tulip Mania, the first recorded financial asset bubble in history, the meme coin mania that has been wreaking havoc in the cryptocurrency markets recently, and despite centuries of progress in knowledge gained since the time of Tulip Mania, the next looming economic bubble driving the macro environment today. Let's hit it. Please be sure to check out our sponsors, OneInch, NordVPN, and Tandrum Wallet. OneInch is a decentralized exchange with the best rates that easily allows us to buy any and all altcoins that exist on multiple networks, like Ethereum, Binance Chain, Arbitrum, Polygon, and more, that are not supported on centralized exchanges. And make sure you can access DeFi apps like OneInch using a VPN or virtual private network services provided by NordVPN which also protects our privacy and data when browsing the internet, and invest in this amazing alternative to Ledger wallets called Tangent Wallet that never reveals your private keys to anyone ever. It's a hardware wallet that is the size of a credit card, multi-currency, multi-chain, super easy to set up, and it lets us trade altcoins faster, more securely, and conveniently to take profits on the go. This makes it a perfect wallet for beginners and experienced crypto investors alike. So be sure to scroll down and use links below to access the correct and official sites, as well as redeem any special offers they have for us. Sweet. Central banks are buying gold at a record pace so far in 2023. Why is it so? Well, the last time we saw this kind of buying activity of gold by central banks was in 1967, and it caused the collapse of the London Gold Pool the following year in 1968. The London Gold Pool was created to defend the US dollar peg to gold. What's extremely important to always keep in mind in the global financial markets is the central banks are privy to information most everyone else is not. So when they start making moves, it's because they know something that we don't. Big money makes the big moves first. And in this particular case, back in 1967, the central banks knew that there was not enough gold available to back up and sustain this system. So they started buying and hoarding it before everyone else, which caused the London gold pool to run out of gold. Interestingly enough, 
its collapse did not break the US dollar peg to gold, because at the time, you could still trade US dollars for physical gold. So the central bank started doing just that, trading the US dollars in for gold. Then a mere three years later, the US was extremely close to running out of gold, which then prompted Nixon to do away with the gold standard. What most people don't understand is the US dollars pegged to gold was sovereign debt. And the US dollars pegged to gold was the reason why it became the world's reserve currency. Because everyone around the world knew they could at any time trade their US dollars for gold. US dollars were an IOU for gold. And as the US started running out of gold, the central banks knew that the biggest sovereign debt default in the world was on the horizon. And they hedged against it by front-running the inevitable and now for the first time since then, central banks, big money, money privy to information we are, are buying a ton of gold at a record pace. Why? For the same exact reason as before, in anticipation of another sovereign debt default. So the next economic bubble getting ready to burst is the current sovereign debt bubble we're in the midst of. The sovereign debt bubble was created as a result of governments around the world borrowing exorbitant amounts of money in recent years who are now struggling to repay their debts due to many factors like the pandemic, the war in Ukraine, and largely from the Fed continuing to raise interest rates. And if you would like to explore how and why the Federal Reserve is destroying the global economy on purpose, you can check out this video talking all about it by clicking on the link above. At the end of the day, there are only two ways out of a sovereign debt crisis. One, to default and restructure the debt, or two, by inflating away the debt, by devaluing the currency. So they are paying back a debt that is worth less and less over time. So this sovereign debt bubble cannot be escaped. It can only be worked through. And if the US doesn't want to default on the debt, they will have to inflate away the debt. However, the Federal Reserve and all of their actions have been so delayed for so long due to politics and perhaps an intentional plan to cause a global meltdown to usher in a new global central bank digital currency, who knows, we are likely going to face a sharp, painful, compressed period of much higher inflation. And when considering the government's Operation Choke Point 2.0 scheme, where they are trying to cut off citizens on ramps to Bitcoin cryptocurrencies and other alternatives to the US financial system, which you can learn more about by clicking on the link above, it's almost as if they are barricading the theater doors, in a sense, with all of us inside, before setting the whole thing on fire. Because they want to maintain as much control over money, capital, and our ability to generate and maintain wealth over time. And if we all started seeking an alternative to the US dollar and an asset built on neutral financial infrastructure they absolutely cannot control, well, that's the worst nightmare, right? So to recap, in response to the global pandemic, governments worldwide have been borrowing like there's no tomorrow. And with interest rates at record lows at the time, it was extremely cheap to do so. Now with interest rates on the rise and bills coming due, behold, the next economic bubble on the verge of bursting. All courtesy of the governments who think they're smarter than us, who run the entire world. How's that for irony? We started with a simple flower in the Dutch Golden Age back in the 17th century, and now we're facing entire countries around the globe defaulting on their debts in this highly advanced technological information age. Crazy. You know what else is ironic? Now Dutch growers are using something else associated with a financial bubble in their tulip greenhouses, Bitcoin. Dutch growers are using Bitcoin to power tulip plantations. So when mining Bitcoin, much of this energy is also lost as heat. So engineers in the Netherlands thought, why not at least try to make use of this heat? This isn't the first attempt of this nature. Other miners have used heat byproducts to warm up a swimming pool, for example. But Bert de Groot had something different in mind. He wanted to use the heat for a tulip greenhouse. We think with this way of heating our greenhouse, but also earning some Bitcoin, 
We have a win-win situation, flower farmer Danielle Koenig, 37, told AFP. Super cool. And what's great is that we can also easily mine Bitcoin for some passive income with this new product called HeatBit Mini. The HeatBit Mini is HeatBit's second electric space heater that is actually three high-end devices under one stylish hood. It's a space heater, an air purifier, and an easy-to-use Bitcoin miner. Similar to how computers generate heat when performing intense tasks, mining Bitcoin creates warmth that the HeatBit Mini uses to heat our indoor home or office space. All the while, with its advanced HEPA and carbon filters, HeatBit Mini eliminates dust, smoke, pet fur, and allergens, putting out fresh, clean air. And at full power, it creates less than 40 decibels of noise, making it comfortably quiet. And with its beginner-friendly, easy-to-use mobile app, we can set the temperature, control energy uses, and cash out our Bitcoin earnings to our own Bitcoin wallets. So the HeatBit Mini can actually cover the cost of our electricity bills and definitely makes us more money than any regular heater. So for a limited time, using the link below, we can redeem their early bird offer and pre-order a HeatBit Mini at a big discount off the retail price with a money-back guarantee and be the first to receive this device in Q4 of this year. There have already been a ton of great reviews about their first HeatBit heater, so if we don't want to wait for the Mini, we can buy the HeatBit right now for a 5% discount using the link below. So be sure to scroll down and use links below to access HeatBit's correct and official sites and redeem the special offers they have for us. Sweet. Despite centuries of progress and all the knowledge we've gained since the parochial times of tulip mania, we still find ourselves grappling with the specter of economic bubbles. So what should we take away from all this? Well, like we've been discussing on the channel for years now, it's time we all take a hard look at our financial systems and ask ourselves whether we're comfortable placing our trust in institutions that might be riding the wave of the next economic bubble. Or perhaps it's time to consider alternatives. Whether it's investing in Bitcoin, gambling with meme coins, or advocating for greater financial transparency and responsibility, we have the power to shape the future of our economic systems. Bubbles may be a part of our economic history, but that doesn't mean they have to dictate our economic future. So let's learn from the past, question the present, and together we can build a more stable and equitable economic future. Awesome. If you would like to learn more about Tangent wallets and why they are a great alternative to ledger devices and other crypto wallets, check out this video. If you would finally like to have that eureka moment about how Bitcoin works and why it can help us maintain complete control and ownership over some of our wealth, check out this video. And to pre-order a HeatBit Mini and redeem their early bird special, click on the link on the screen. Like and subscribe for more. Be safe out there.